Thank you for listening to First Baptist Church of Conway. It's our prayer that this message is both an encouragement and a challenge to you as you grow in faith. As we all move forward in light of COVID-19, we want to encourage you to make a priority of joining us in person for worship. Because as you know, listening to a podcast can never replace the need we all have for fellowship and corporate worship. So we look forward to seeing you soon. In the meantime, here is this week's message. Well, good morning. I'm glad to be here once again with you as we continue our new series, a second week in it, um, titled Better, Deci- Excuse Me, Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. And as I've told you before, this whole series is based off the book titled um, The Same Thing, written by Andy Stanley. And although we're going over the questions, I do encourage you to pick up the book. Um, I'm using... Uh, very different spin on most of the stuff. So if you read the book, it'll still be his information and his stories. And he uses some different scripture than I do. And in fact, I would pay all of your kids, excuse me, hold on, hold on. You should pay, is what I meant to say, all of your kids or grandkids $100 to read the book and do a book report. And I promise if I were you, I would make that challenge with them. I'm going to do things like that with my kids, but say, hey, I'll give you 100 bucks. You read the book, do a book report, and let's talk about it. It'll be the best $100 you've spent, and it'll cost you a whole lot less money than what you will spend if they don't read the book. Does that make sense? Yeah, so invest that $100 there. Just a thought. This whole series is built around this. Proverbs 27, 27, 12. It says, the prudent, which means wise, right? The prudent see danger and take refuge. All right, they take shelter. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. And how many of us have paid the penalty for our bad decisions? Yeah, few of us here, right. We've done that. And so the prudent, the wise, they see it coming. They see the danger coming. They ask these questions that we're going to talk about. They ask these things. And before danger happens, well, they take shelter. Where the simple, those who don't know these things, well, they just keep hitting it and just have a life full of regrets and these stories full of regrets because today well we're going to talk about the power the power of a story now one thing I try to do with you each and every week and if you've been here for a while you know this if maybe it's your first time here you haven't been here in a long time you may not know this but I try to share each week with you my story I try to share with you Uh, My failures, I try to stay with you, my struggles, things that happened in the past, things I dealt with in the past, and I just like talk about the fact that I didn't know my dad growing up, or I got really bad grades in school, I didn't do good in school, I got kicked out of school a lot, I don't think I've talked about those yet, they're coming, don't worry. I got my fair share of trouble, I shared with you last week, I've always struggled with being overweight, and, and I share these stories with you so that you can know, number one, that I'm never preaching from a position of superiority. I'm never preaching as some guy who has it all together. I'm just preaching as a normal person, just like you, trying to figure out how to follow Jesus every day because it's challenging and it's difficult. I also want you to know that you're not alone. One of the things I dealt with growing up is I thought it was just me. Y'all ever felt that way? I'm the only one dealing with this. I'm the only one struggling with this. And what you find is there are actually a lot of people struggling with the same thing. And God's word actually speaks to all the issues you're ever going to face. I promise that. And what I hope you learn from my stories is that it's not me, it's not I, but it's Christ. Right, Christ has done these things. It's the power of God and choosing to follow him and allowing him to work in my life that gives me these stories that I can share about overcoming some pretty difficult things. And I believe he can do the same thing in your life. 
I hope that they help you, and I hope you can relate to many of them, but the truth is, I honestly can say, I wish I didn't have these stories. I honestly wish my story was very different. I wish, you know, most of those things I didn't choose, right? Like they happened to me. Y'all had things happen to you that weren't your fault? Yeah, only four of us are paying attention because we've all had that, right? We've all had things happen to us and those become part of our stories. And I know how a lot of things, and I, and I love where I'm at, I love how things turned out, but I wish many of those stories weren't there because you carry those stories, don't you? Even though you've been forgiven, even though you've been redeemed, that baggage is still there, isn't it? You can pray it away as much as you want, but it's still there. But you see, I've talked to so many people who think they don't have stories to share because they don't have, quote unquote, a powerful testimony. They don't have a Damascus Road experience. They didn't have a lot of bad things happen to them, or maybe they didn't make a lot of bad choices, and they think, well, I really can't share my story. It's not worth telling. They say something like, my story goes like this. My mom and dad, well, they had a decent marriage. My mom and dad supported me in all that I did. My mom and dad were there. They took us to church. They made sure we read the Bible. We were at church on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings and Wednesdays, and we prayed together. And because of that, they supported everything I did. And in fact, my life turned out all right. I mean, that's not really a powerful story, they say. They say, because my life's pretty much been okay. I chose to follow Christ because of how great, or because of what they did, because they made the right choices. If your story is anything like that and you don't think that's a story, I'm here to tell you I envy that story. And I hope and I pray that my kids have that story one day. That quote unquote, quote unquote, boring story. Don't you want that for your kids? The truth is, while you may not think that's a powerful story, that is an amazing story. Because generally, the stories that you tell, when your story goes something along those lines, it's because somebody at some point made a choice. Somebody decided to change the landscape of your family. Because as we know, and the scriptures are full of it, no family has it all together. The Bible is full of what not to do as a family. Did you know that? There's not many great stories of what a good family looks like. It says a whole lot about what not to do. And so if you have a good story, it's because somebody chose that. Somebody made some powerful decisions. You see, take, take Pastor Gary, for instance. He tells me all the time about his huge silver spoon he had, about his butlers and private jets. Okay, I'm going too far. He really didn't have any of that. I just, I'm exaggerating quite a bit. But he tells me his story all the time. And every time he does it, and I don't think he knows he does this, Every time he tells me about how he's always in church and how he made generally the right decisions in his story, he always ends with, because of my dad. Every time, because of my dad, but my dad. He says, my dad was a first-generation Christian. And he tells a story about how his dad had to overcome, how his dad had the struggles, how his dad didn't know. And because of his dad, because his dad chose that path, his story may sound, quote-unquote, boring, but every time he says it, every time he talks about it, I go, I hope my kids have one like that. I hope my kids have a story just like that. I hope I can be like that dad, but my dad. Some of y'all are facing that same thing. You have to be but me, but I'm going to be that dad. I'm going to be that mom. I'm going to change the landscape. And it's all about these stories. 
You see, I hope when I hear those stories, but my dad, I hope that's my story and I hope my kids will share that. And I hope that you can share that story. I hope you have someone in your life that you can say because of. And if not, maybe when people share their story, they can say because of you. But my dad, but my uncle, but my friend. Because of. See, it's the power of a story. I can tell you that a great story or a great testimony, for those of you who have that, I just want to encourage you one last time. If your story is about how you make generally the right choices, I want you to share that story more. I want you to tell people about it. I want you to point back to why and because of Jesus, because the grace of God is just as prevalent keeping you away from all those things. And the reason why I know that and the reason why you know that is because anybody who shares a powerful testimony, y'all heard those stories? Those powerful testimonies, at the end, every last one of them say this, but don't do what I did, don't they? They wish they didn't have it either. Don't go down this road. Don't choose that. Choose Jesus. Choose this other way instead. And Lee says this. He says, we never know what or who hangs in the balance of the decisions we make and thus the stories we tell. What we do know is that private decisions have public implications. Isn't that true? We don't think so, but as the news tells us all the time, it happens. Perhaps, uh, perhaps generational implications. Our private decisions won't remain private. One personal decision will impact other persons. See, one thing we all got to remember is that all of our decisions impact other people. There's no such thing as it's just me because it's not just you. There's other people in your life. There's other people that you have relationships with. All of your decisions impact other people. And what you know and what I know is that hindsight's 2020. We're all faced with making decisions in the moment based on limited information, confirmation bias, and emotions. Your emotions ever made you make a bad decisions? You ever sent that email before you should have waited? You ever made that phone call before going to sleep on it? Yeah, our emotions can cause us trouble. But what if we can tap into that? What if we can tap into that all of our decisions are connected? What if we can tap into that our whole life is a story that we will share or that other people will share about us? What if we can look at the larger story? And this brings us to our legacy question for today. The legacy question. What story do I want to tell? When we're in those decision-making processes, when we have those things come up, those life bounces, we ask, what story? What story do I want to tell? Remember, last week we learned about the integrity question. It's this, am I being honest with myself? Really, right? We have to face the man or the woman in the mirror who is the best salesman we will ever meet, ever, we could talk ourselves into absolutely everything and anything, at, a moment, at least I can, at a moment's notice. I should have wore the shoes again for you today. I'll wear them next week. I could talk myself into anything. So before we make that purchase, before we buy those clothes or wear those clothes or not wear those clothes, before we lash out, before we leave, before we blame, before we get angry, we ask, am I being honest with myself really? Is it really them or is it me? Is it really that job or is it me? Is it really that relationship or is it me? What's really going on? On And then we ask the legacy question. What story do I want to tell? Helps us think through and realize that our whole life is connected. And that decision we make now will impact future generations. It will impact 10, 20 years 
from now because all of us are writing a story. And we can't control where we start. We can't control the things that other people have done. Other people's choices have left us in places we wish we'd never have been. But what seems to be true is that God isn't concerned of where you start or where you are where you are. God doesn't seem to be concerned of why you are there. What he seems to be concerned with is what you do with what you've been given or what you do with where you've been placed. Your choices, your accountability is what he seems to be more interested in. Because we can't control where we start. We can't control what our parents decided. We can't control what other people's messes have done to us. But what we can do is write our own story. Take Daniel and his friends. Y'all heard of Daniel? There's a whole book in the Bible named after him. Everybody should have raised their hand. Just fake it. Raise your hand. All right, okay. Yeah. You see, remember Daniel, him and his friends were taken into captivity. They couldn't help that generations before him had made a mess of their nation. Such a mess that King Nebuchadnezzar came and conquered the land. And what did he did? It was rather smart. Nebuchadnezzar would come. He would capture a lamb. He would take all of the smart, noble men, the ones who come from a good family, the ones who had a good education, the ones who seemingly had high IQs. He'd take them all and make them come work for him. Isn't that a good idea? He'd just take over people and say, give me your smartest. They'll come work for me. Then I'll just have all the smartest people of all the lands working for me. And Daniel couldn't help that. He could have complained that, well, it's not my fault what the other generation did. The whole country's messed up because of those other people. It's not my fault this happened. Yeah, while all of that true, it wasn't helpful. Rather than dwelling on whose fault it was, rather than complaining about the other people. Y'all making the personal connection there? Y'all ever do that? Yeah, rather than just complaining, which isn't helpful. Well, he sought to serve the Lord his best despite his circumstances. And while Daniel and his friends were getting trained for their new job, they had a tough choice they had to make. Because remember, the Jews had strict dietary laws. They couldn't eat certain things. And when they went to training or boot camp, the king served them a bunch of food they couldn't eat. So he's no longer at home. He no longer has a lot of his people around. What does he do? Does he decide to eat the unclean food? Or does he decide to stay faithful to his God? His choices are when in Rome, do what the Romans do, or when in Babylon, or what happens in Babylon stays in Babylon, no one will ever know about it. Or I need to follow my God regardless of where I'm at and see what happens. What story did he want to tell? What story do you tell? Did Daniel want to tell a story that my faith was only important when it was easy? My faith was only important when I had nothing else to do? Should I repeat that one? My faith was only important when I wasn't busy. My faith was only important when it was easy. My faith was only important when it didn't cost me anything. What story did Daniel want to tell? Well, you probably already know what he decided to tell. But remember, the starting point to our faith is trusting and following Jesus. To believe in Jesus. The Bible word for believe means to trust. And I love what C.S. Lewis says here. He says this. He says, to have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. He says, well, of course it does. He said, there would be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. 
So to say you believe in Jesus, to say you trust Jesus, means you're actually trying to live out the things Jesus asked you to do. If you're not trying to live it out, he says, well, you don't trust them. That's pretty simple. So what's Daniel to do? When things get difficult, what story do you want to tell? Here it is, Daniel 1.8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. This is important. He didn't say, let me weigh out my options. How do I want to feel? What's going to happen? Then let me make a choice. What did he make a choice first? First and foremost, he said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to choose to follow God despite the circumstances. I'm going to choose to do what he's asked me to do. And this will have a great story. Either number one, it'll be a great story of how God came through. Or number two, it'll be a story about how following the Lord cost him something. Perhaps everything when you're dealing with Nebuchadnezzar. We've talked about this before, but remember Charles Stanley, Andy Stanley's father, Charles Stanley teaches, obey God and leave the consequences to him. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. Daniel said, I'm not doing it regardless. Regardless, don't give me the options, I'm not doing it. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. And as you know, it turned out all right for him and his friends. They ended up being more um, nourished. They ended up being smarter and better than all the other people. They ended up being stronger by following God's will. You see, somewhere along the way or along the line in your life, I hope it clicks because it took a very long time for me. And maybe it's clicked for some of you, maybe not for all of us. I really do hope you understand that God really is for you. And although you may not understand why God asked you to do certain things, you have to understand that he loves you and cares about you and he really does have your best interest at heart. Although we don't always have our best interest at hearts, do we? You ever made a decision that turned out to be the wrong decision? Yeah, we don't always have ourselves, but God does. You see, God knows how that little sin can end up becoming a mountain of a sin later. God knows how that one decision now can radically impact your grandkids and you never saw it coming. God really is for you. And Daniel knew that and he found out that God came through an amazing well. And what I find most interesting, it says that Daniel resolved. We know there were some other men with him. This is important, but Daniel resolved. Daniel led the way in this. And I can't help but wonder if it didn't turn out to be a pivotal point for all of them. You see, sometimes later, King Nebuchadnezzar made a massive gold image. Y'all remember that story? All right, some of y'all do the ones who went to Sunday school. If not, it's at nine o'clock, okay? We deal with things like that in there. But they made a massive gold image, an idol, and he wanted the entire kingdom to bow down. Well, the Hebrew people weren't allowed to have any other gods but their God. And the king declared, he says, whoever doesn't bow down to the idol, what happens to him? Burned alive. That's not prison. That's not court. That's not probation. That's not a fine. Bow down or get burned alive. And so when it came time for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to bow down, did they do it? No. And I can't, I can't help but wonder if it wasn't because of the leadership of Daniel right here. Because it tells us Daniel resolved. It doesn't say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego resolved. It says Daniel resolved. And I wonder if they're sitting there, that idol coming up, if they're going, well, guys, what are we going to do? Well, remember last time this happened? Remember what Daniel told us? 
Remember Daniel said to stand up, to follow God, obey the consequences, leave them. I wonder if they're just repeating this thing with Daniel. Remember if there's, I wonder if they're saying, hey, remember we tried to talk Daniel out of this before? Daniel said not to eat the king's meat. We were worried about getting beheaded, but Daniel said just to trust God. I can't help but wonder if that's not what propelled this story to where when it came time to bow down, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we've already made our minds up. We made it up years ago. We're not going to bow down. You see, that's the secret to bold faith, if you didn't know. You ever seen somebody do something for the Lord or you hear stories, you go, how did they do that? You start small. You don't start big. You start with the small things. Then stepping out on faith and following God, you'll end up doing the big decisions because it's just natural. It just happens. You don't automatically start with 10, 20% giving, although I know people who do that. You start, if you, start, if you have nothing, start with 1%. Right? Then two, you don't have to jump all the way up. People take baby steps to get to where the Lord has asked them to be. And so the king found out they didn't bow down, as you know. The king brought them before and he questioned them. And he told them the consequences. And imagine a king telling you, you're standing before a king who you already know doesn't play. And he says this to you. He, he says, now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music... If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then, I love this, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? What God? Who can stop me? Now let's be honest. Aren't our greatest regrets in this world in this life, aren't our greatest regrets tied to not listening to God? And we weren't threatened with being thrown in a fire, were we? Peer pressure, maybe get fired, maybe lose out on a promotion, maybe lose a relationship we probably in wish in hindsight, wish we would have lost anyways. Our greatest regrets. And they're looking at this king who they know they don't play. Look at their response. Says so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. How many of you love that? He said, look, I'm not, I don't need to talk to you about this. I'm not even gonna answer you on this. This is one of the most confident, awesome stories of faith, and I pray that this is your story. I pray that this becomes my story. They're looking at the most powerful person in the planet who's threatening to throw them in a fire. So I don't got to defend myself at all. But if you want to answer to what God can save us, oh, I can, I can answer you that one. They said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from it, your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, this is the complexity of our faith. This is one of the most best theological understandings to how it works. We know he will, God will serve us as able, he's able to do it. We know he will, but if he chooses not to. So Brian, that's contradiction. No, it's not, that's called faith. I don't know how it works, I can't understand it, but it's right here. He can, he will, but if he doesn't. That's confidence. And if he doesn't, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. Look, they still got respect, don't they? that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. In other words, our minds are made up. P 
people are gonna tell great stories of our faith. They're gonna tell stories about how God has delivered us from the clutches of the most powerful king on the planet and we weren't burned alive. Or they're gonna tell the story of how we stayed faithful and it cost us absolutely everything. But either way, our story is going to be a story of faith. Doesn't matter which way, but either way, we're writing our story. And so the king, well, he did what he said he was going to do. He, he, he lit the furnace up. He heated it up to where the guys taking them in. They ended up catching on fire. And when he threw the men in there, he threw all three of them in there. He couldn't believe what he saw. Look at this. It says, then the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look. I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Well, it was. You see, through their faith, they met Jesus. And I hope and pray that none of you ever face a situation like this, but I do ask, do you make room for Jesus to show up? Do you make room for him to come through? He didn't show up before the fire. He didn't show up when they were getting real close to the fire. He showed up after they were thrown in. And I wonder how many of our stories end premature because we chose to write the final chapter rather than letting God start the first chapter and his story of saving faith. How many of us make decisions to go, you know what, I'll just bow down real quick, no worries, I'll just repent, I think that's how the faith works. I'll just bow down, get it over with, I'm good. But instead, Jesus came through. You see, their story is greater than they could have ever imagined because they stepped out on faith. They lived by faith. And our story, your story, can be greater than you can ever imagine if you live faith. See, the king, he couldn't believe what was happening. He couldn't believe that he saw that. So he ordered the men out of the fire. And then look what it says. In... <laughs> Just press clear all. One second, we're going to get this up. We're looking at Daniel three twenty nine. All right, you're just gonna have to believe me. Daniel 3, 29 through 30 says this. Therefore, I decree, this is, okay, let me catch you back up. King pulled them out of the fire. They weren't burned alive. They got pulled out of the fire. And the king says this. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. Listen to this, verse 30. It says, oh, here it is, verse 30. Then the king promoted. Next time you ask for a promotion at work or you pray and ask the Lord for a promotion, look what kind of faith it may take to get one. None of you are gonna pray for that anymore, are you? (laughs) They were promoted. He promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. You see, God turned those circumstances around and the king was praising, defending, and promoted the men of faith. 
What story do you want to tell? What story are you writing about faith? Then perhaps the most famous, I got it, we got to talk about it, the most famous of all of them is um, from Sunday school is Daniel in the lion's den. You remember that? Daniel got promoted to be one of the top advisors, one of the leading figures for the king. He was blameless in them. And everybody knew that Daniel's faith was the most important thing to him, so they came and attacked it. And you know that, and I hope you don't know. I mean, excuse me, I hope you haven't experienced it, but the truth is you're gonna be made fun of, talked about, or you're gonna have a target on your back because of your faith. It's just how the world works. In fact, you know if you become into a position of leadership, people are gonna start talking bad about you. You used to be a friend just because. Those of you in leadership, you're like, yup. It just happens. You get a target on your back when you become a leader. It's just the way it is. And that was Daniel. He had a big target on his back. And instead of just trying to take him down, his peer said, well, we just want to kill him. Like, let's just take this man out. Let's just do away. We, we don't like his faith. We don't like what he's doing. So they devised a plan to trick the king because they knew about Daniel's faith. They knew he wouldn't step down. They devised a plan that said, if anybody prays to anybody other than the king, they get thrown into a pit of hungry lions. They sound a little extreme, don't they? Burned alive, pit of lions. I mean, we're talking thousands of years ago. I mean, it's not a slap on the wrist. So the government said, this is important, the government said you cannot pray for 30 days. What'd Daniel do? He prayed. I don't even think it was on his radar. He's like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna go pray and talk to the Lord about it. What happened? He gets called. They threw him into a pit of hungry lions. I don't even think it was on Daniel's radar because he was already living out. His story was already obey God and leave all the consequences to him. And as you know, Daniel was thrown into that lion's den. Daniel was unharmed. And look at the next verse we're going to look at. It says, the king was overjoyed. He didn't really want to throw Daniel in there, but the law was the law. It says, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had and that's his story. That can be your story. They trusted in God. He trusted in his God. He trusted in his God. That is his story. And I don't know about you, but I would rather have never been in that situation at all. But that's not how life works. Terrible things will happen to us. It's just the reality of the world. But our legacy and the stories we write can be about faith and trusting in God. You see, there's a reason why the Bible tells us not to take matters into our own hands, not to defend ourselves. Look at the story the other guys wrote. It says, at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. Can the decisions you make affect your wives and children? Absolutely, theirs did. That's their legacy, being thrown into with their family into the lion's den. Not a good one. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Listen, y'all should read your Bibles. There's crazy thing in there. There's crazy stories. It's very, read Daniel. It's very interesting. So what story do we want to tell? And I love this question because it helps us move past the life isn't fair statement. Because life isn't fair. Life is very unfair. But this helps us think about, I know life's unfair, I know what's happening to me is unfair, but what kind of story do I want to tell? Because your story can be about faith. Andy Stanley says this. He says, you'd like to be the hero in your own story. We all want that. 
And going forward, you can have that. But it will require you to stop mid-decision and ask, what story do I want to tell? When this crisis, when this opportunity, this temptation is in the rearview mirror, when it's all reduced to a story I tell, because it will be, what story do you want to tell? Which available options do you want as part of your story? So in order to write a good story, we got to make a decision. Here's our decision for this week. It's the legacy question, right? What story do I want to tell? Decision number two, I will decide a story I'm proud to tell. I will not decide anything that makes me a liar for life. The older you are, the more that hurts, doesn't it? Because you know how true that is. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to lie anymore about what I've done or where I've been and all that stuff. I, I, I'm deciding not to tell that story anymore. So we got to make a decision to say, I'm going to be proud of it. And so what story are you going to tell? What story is your spouse going to tell of you? What story are your kids going to tell or your grandkids or your friends? What stories and are they going to be worth telling? Do you really want an adultery or unfaithfulness or an affair to be part of your story? Do you really want the story to be something of overcoming addiction? And if you've done it, I'm excited for you, but you can also avoid it if you haven't. Do you really want to have to lie for the rest of your life about the choices you've made? Do you really want your story to be about how grouchy and miserable you were? Some of us are looking at our spouses right now. Don't do that. Let the Holy Spirit do its thing. You don't have to have that as your story. There's a better story. How about a story like this? I remain faithful in that marriage despite him or her. Does that sound like a powerful story to you? I remain faithful in that marriage despite him or her. Yeah, I think so. I was thinking about it this week as I was thinking through the power of our story. And, and I want to just discuss real quick, okay, maybe, about how this whole thing life works because I think we forget who gives us everything we have. Remember, everything we have has been given to us by whom? God. Okay, this is really important. So take for mind one of the greatest Christians you could probably think of. His name is Billy Graham. Y'all heard of Billy Graham? Some of us have. Okay. Think about Billy Graham. Let me ask you a question. Did Billy Graham give himself charisma? Did Billy Graham give himself the power to speak boldly? Did Billy Graham give himself an IQ to be able to understand the scriptures? Did Billy Graham give himself the platform and the network to preach like that? Who gave him that? Yeah. Did Billy Graham do any of that? No. Did Billy Graham prepare the hearts for the people to come and hear the gospel? You see, Billy Graham's story is pretty good, but for most of it's out of reach, isn't it? You know what a more powerful story is than Billy Graham? You know who I think is going to be rewarded far more, and I believe this, I mean, God does what he wants, is the person who had that daily grind of persevering in a really bad marriage. Which one takes more faith? I'm faithful. I'm going to love him. He's unlovable. I'm going to love her. She's unlovable. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to keep going. That's daily, every day, every day. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. We seem to promote the people who talk to the masses but we don't celebrate the ones who daily are sticking it out. If that's your story, listen, God sees it. God sees it. Continue to be faithful. Continue to be faithful. How about a story of I waited for you? The younger you are, the more important this is. 
All of us will have a conversation with our soon-to-be spouse one day about our sexual past, won't we? And it can be a story of, well, I waited for you. Or it can be a story of lies. Or, well, here's what happened. Or what I didn't know, right? It can be a st- Either way this conversation is going to happen, you can choose to write that story. A better story is I waited for you. A better story is I chose this. I thought about this. I prayed about this. I knew you were coming along. I knew God would let this, and I waited for you. Any other way, that story will always be filled with shame and regret. It just will. You know I've shared my stuff with y'all before. It will. Or you can have a story. How about this? What what about one that sounds like this? I did my best. When it comes to parenting, y'all know far more than I do, but what I have learned is that your kids won't always make the best decisions. Is that true? Sometimes they won't make the best decision in their spouse. Sometimes they won't make the best decision in their education. Sometimes they won't make the best decision about obeying the law. And when those things happen, can you honestly say, I did my best. I pointed them to the Lord. I pointed them to him. I, I, I did my best in raising them. Or will it be a life full of and I have a unique experience to hear this all the time? should have paid more attention. I should have brought them up in the faith more. I shouldn't have put those other things first. I pray and hope that when it comes to your kids, you're thinking about it and you're putting forward, what is best? What do I need to do? What is important? So legacy question. Oh, go back. All right, we'll stay here. The legacy question is, what story do I want to tell? Because we never, there it is. What story do you want to tell? Because we never know what hangs in the balance of every decision. But we can count on is that when we would trust God, our story will involve one of faith and one of relying on him. Proverbs 27, 12 says this. The prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple, they keep going. And they pay the penalty. And that is what we're trying to avoid. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you so much for the great story, the gospel, the good news that he has come to save us. We thank you that while we are sinners, while we have made mistakes, while we chose to sin, He came to redeem us and save us and set us free. We thank you so much for the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, as we make Jesus' story our story, as we seek to live for him and live in light of his death and resurrection, Father, help us write a better story. Help us leave a legacy of faith. Help us leave a legacy of following you. Father, help us in those decisions and those choices that we're going to make. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.